Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. We're in a series on spiritual warfare. Um, you know, it's something that for years, I, you know, I understand it exists. There's, there's all sorts of wild things you pick up through years of serving the Lord and, and spiritual things, even in the sense of not judging another person going through something because I've so often seen when a person goes through something that those that rise up in judgment, it's like it falls upon them. Right. And I don't know how that works. You know, I'm not saying knock on wood or anything like that, but I'm just saying I've just learned to have a holy fear of the things of God. Amen. I love him. I love his presence, but I'm afraid of him too. Because I do not want to cross a line. I don't want to say something I shouldn't say. I don't want to jump on a bandwagon of bitterness just because I have half facts and not full facts. I'm not able to ever stand and judge the heart of a person. And so very fearfully, fearfully we, we walk these things out. You know, there are times as leaders that you know things are going on, that you do have a responsibility, I believe, to warn people about, hey, just there is stuff going on. But even in that, we do it very fearfully of the things of God, not trying to be against a person or anything like that, but just so that between us and the Lord, our hands are, are clean, everything we know, you know, if we know it, we know it, but we're not trying to jump on the bandwagon of attack for everything that goes on or judgment of a person. And I think you've probably heard me say this, but years ago, I was watching one of those African videos, those survival videos, and it was this um, water buffalo uh, started attacking a hippo. Or not a hippo, a rhinoceros. And so that was a stupid idea as a buffalo. But buffalo are big, but a rhino is huge. And I remember watching it. It's a real live nature video. And the buffalo, you know, starts trying to, you know, take out this rhino. And the rhino just hooks the buffalo right in the gut. And it was over with just, you know. And so the buffalo's bleeding it out and still trying to fight. And suddenly a whole herd of buffalo surround them. And so... And I was thinking, oh, this rhino's done, got the pack on him. But the interesting thing was, is the buffaloes didn't attack the rhino. They actually started attacking the wounded buffalo. And they trampled and killed their own kind, and the rhino just walked away. And when I watched it, the Lord said, this reminds me of my church. That they always attack one another when they need each other. And so I, I never forgot that moment with the Lord, because you're just watching, you know, a nature video. And when the Lord speaks, he speaks in ways that you understand. And... I never forgot that, that if I don't know a person personally, I'm not really at liberty to talk about what's going on in their life. I'm, I'm not in the position to judge everything that comes down the pike. The Lord can judge the hearts of men. If you know something and someone you know is there, you have every right to, to be a loving person to step in, be like warning. But there's a fear of the things of God. There's an understanding. And then I also never really focus on spiritual warfare because of the error to make it so big to where people focus on just demonic and everything's about the enemy. And, and it's like God is just scraping by and one day, you know, we'll be delivered of this plague. And, but until then, hold on and be wary because the devil's going to take you out. And, you know, if you don't pray every day, if you don't do all of this every day, then, then the enemy's going to win you over through works, you know. And spiritual warfare is a real thing. We live in a seen world that has an unseen world that affects and influences everything around us. Right. Amen? Amen. 
We were talking about the gifts of the Spirit last week and just the revelation power of God that He reveals things, plans to maneuver, plans strategies to, to, to move forward in life, knowledge beyond human capacity, things you don't know, God reveals to you and gives it to you. I didn't talk about it in the 11, I talked about it in the 9, so really you should maybe pray about coming to both services because they're, they're never actually the same service, just so you know. The notes are the same, but it's never the same, amen. And so uh, we spoke about before how the enemy, through whatever collective means available, through social media, through news, through movies, through things that you constantly let in, music, how many people realize music, some music is very demonic. You know, when you're listening to the music and you feel depressed and slinking away, that's, there's a spiritual, that's, that's a spiritual thing. Just as the glory of God can be in music, the, the demonic power can be in it too. And so those are the things you realize. And if you really get in touch with the how I'm feeling and stuff, certain music makes you feel depressed, you know, and, and melancholic. Well, that's not the joy of the Lord. That's not the spirit of God. That's not an empowering of the spirit. So why would I want to let that in? Are you with me? And I know this is probably maybe not a normal Christian, uh, you know, service, but a church service message. But you just have to be understanding that just because the world loves it doesn't mean we should love it. In fact, there's a scripture that straight up says that you know the flesh, the carnal mind, is an enmity of God, and so your carnality wars against the spirit. Right? Those are why things you feel you know you should do, but you don't want to do. It's like the Lord, that, that warring. Or everybody is supposed to be a soul winner, but you don't soul win because you're scared. And I'm not picking on you, but that's coming from the flesh. The carnal mind lets you, keeps you bombarded with, well, what will they think of me? And what will they say about me? And so I don't need to do this, and I don't want to step out. But the spirit is like, I'm alive, and I'm well because of Jesus Christ. Amen. So there's a boldness in the spirit, and then in the carnal mind comes the fear, right? And so it's just learning these things. And sorry, I'm just having a flashback. We had a Friday night acoustic meeting, and I looked in the room over there, and my daughter was like, had a pulpit set up and was preaching. And she didn't even have pants, like pockets on, but she was walking around like this, like totally mimicking me, like with her hand down. And I'm flashing back to my daughter, and he was like, I never thought I had a quirkiness until I watched it. I'm like, oh, my God. Get your hand out of your pocket, Caleb. All right, everybody. Slip your hands in the Lord. I'm going to try and preach like this today. Amen. If you've got your Bible, as you, sh as you should, throw me in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 16, verse 13. See where we get today. I'm not going to try and keep you forever, but. It says in verse 13 that when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, that he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Amen. 
So we know right now, even Jesus said, that this didn't come from the carnal mind. This came from the spirit on the inside. And so Jesus applauded and praised Simon Peter for this revelation and said, man, this is from the Lord. I mean, you speak by the Lord. And then goes on to say, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Very powerful scripture. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes. And be killed and be raised the third day. But then Peter, he took him aside and he began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. So Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. It's so interesting if you've got your Bibles, what is that, two scriptures later? So, I mean, we go from, man, we are flowing with the Holy Ghost, to we are in the carnal mind in split seconds. You ever notice that? That you can have a Holy Ghost revelation, this is what to do, and the carnal mind can come right in. And I want to point that to you when we talk about spiritual warfare. Wisdom is understanding that every single person can fall. Every single person can be used by the devil or be used by the Lord. And oftentimes it takes, it takes volunteering and leading to be used by God, but the devil just use you and cash you out and you don't even realize it. It's so important to recognize the fact that, that when we talk of spiritual warfare, our part is that we keep our hands clean, our heart pure, and try and lean into the Spirit of God as much as possible so that we are not the ones the enemy uses to cause offense. The last thing you want to do is be the one that screws up all the time. But believe it or not, great men and women of God, they're going to tap into their carnal mind from time to time. Because that's the way it works. And so when we talk of spiritual warfare, recognize that the works of the flesh and the carnal mind are the war used against you to sway you into natural thinking, natural ways, and everything that is an enmity against the plan and the purposes of God. And so if you seek the applaud of men, you seek the celebration of this world, you're going to be easily swayed into Things that you shouldn't be swayed by because the spirit doesn't take note of those things. Amen. We're spiritual people, but we live in a body and we have a soul. We can be influenced. You can influence a person with news very easily and change their entire day. But the spirit of God is resolute, unchanging and unmoving. And so by the spirit, our spirit connected to that spirit, we can have a firm foundation to stand our ground to know things. Look at the amount of disinformation presented to this generation. It's at a heightened level. I mean, that you, what is going on here, which we as a church try to be vocal, not too much, but there's so much dif- disinformation. of Even in the last two years, what an absolute lie perpetrated to mankind, a plan from hell, and whatever various capacities of developing something, the cure for the something, everything with COVID, the control attached, the fear, the psychological damage, the mass manipulation. I mean, they have just done every demonic thing to break this generation. But bless God, 
You might have broken some, but those that know the Spirit of God, we're bolder than we've ever been. And we're rising up like we've never rose up. And we are not afraid of whatever you have to say. Come what may, a thousand can fall and ten thousand at our right hand. But it cannot touch the children of God. Because the understanding of spiritual warfare with everything going on and all that people heighten the attack, it's almost like it's so bad right now that you just got to hunker down in the woods until Jesus comes and finally gets you out of here. But my look on it is not hunker down, but gear up for war and go into the territories that have been taken from generations past and say, bless God, we will take back the ground in the mighty name of Jesus. And for every lie that has been perpetrated in the past, the truth will resound in this land. One more time, mark it down. We're going to have Holy Ghost people in every office, in every governor, in every leadership. Because God is not through with this generation. And you've got to rise from that place. Spiritual warfare is not from a place of defense. It's from a place of attack. That we have been equipped to move forward. Faith moves forward, not backwards. Faith moves forward. The Lord is my rear guard, so he's got my back, but I'm charging ahead. And when you stir that up, you begin to realize that's, the, that's how you know the difference. Because how do you begin to decipher what is really moving you at this time? If Peter can be speaking by the Spirit and speaking by the flesh, how do you decipher yourself? And oftentimes it's like Jesus said, you have to look at the fruit of the matter. What fruit is it? What voice are you entertaining? What does that produce? I remember one time I was very angry, you know, my, my father-in-law about this thing going on. And he's a great man of God, speaks by the Lord. But someone came and told me all these things. And I'm, I'm like, just, you know, Ugh! we're going to have it out. And I'm picking up the phone to call him. And as I'm calling, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Caleb, what are you doing? And I was like, you know what I'm doing. Like, you know, when you're angry, you know, you know, everything's righteous indignation. Really, it's not righteous, you know. I'm righteously mad. No, you're just mad. And so I'm like, you know, you know I'm about to get on my soapbox. And as, I'm, as I'm, the phone's ringing, it's like the Lord spoke to me and said, what will be the fruit of this? And I was like, you know, when the Lord says things to you, sometimes you're just like, come on, man. Like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't win against you. That ain't even right. You're like trying to find a scripture to use against the Lord. Anybody ever done that? Three of us. The rest of you are liars. And I instantly pressed, hang, hung, hung up the phone. And I was like, because I knew the fruit would be, the fruit would be anger, division, and, you know, nothing that is the fruit of the Spirit. And it sums up what is the fruit of the Spirit. And Galatians 5 lays that out. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, faith, gentleness, goodness, meekness, long-suffering or patience. Amen. But we, we identify with the long-suffering part sometimes. It seems like it's more accurate than patience. Amen. And so, but then these are the works of the flesh. Drunkenness, revelry, dissension, witchcraft, sorcery. All of these things are the flesh. And so it's like there's the pooling and that carnal mind, those that sow, those that are led, those that, that do these things in the carnal, we reap from that realm. Every time you reap into or sow into the carnal mind, you're going to reap back from that carnal mind. Right? 
But if you reap or sow into the things of the Spirit, you from the spiritual realm reap back into your life. Amen. How do, I, how do I break through my family into greater areas? How do I, as a man of God, be a, a greater priest of the home? It's by, by spending the time to sow in the Spirit so that I, from the Spirit, reap life everlasting inside my home. That covenant promises aren't something that I hope comes to pass. It's something that I carry in my life so that it does come to pass. Spiritual warfare has got to come from a place of recognizing that God's kingdom has won. And I'm a part of God's kingdom. I'm not going to lose. I'm only going to win. I go from faith to faith and glory to glory. But I've got to ensure that I don't let myself be governed by the carnal mind. Right? So I watch what I take in. And I watch what comes out of me. And what comes out of you begins to show what's in you. You squeeze something. Whatever is in that something comes out. Right? So if you get squeezed and a bunch of junk comes out, then you know I need to go on a 40-day fast. Amen. Come on, somebody. I need to do my part and stop blaming everybody else around me because it's actually in me. If I get squeezed and junk comes out, then I know i got to get under the spout where the glory comes out until it washes me from the inside. And when you squeeze me, great things come out. It's like my roommate in college that used to snore so loud and it would bug me so bad at 3 o'clock in the morning, I need to sleep. So I took my pillow and I reared back and I hit him in the face right at 3 a.m., straight from a deep sleep. He woke up and he goes, oh, glory to Jesus, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. I was like, bro, you just got pummeled in the face and you're giving God some praise. What's your secret? You want to be a person that when you step on a Lego, you sing glory to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to be a person that when you're stuck in traffic, you're like, thank you, God. Woo! For a praise moment right now. Mateo likes that. Yeah. The works of the flesh are quite obvious if you're sinning. But there's realms of, of navigating this world that is not obvious sin, but is it sowing into the spirit. And so that's where you start to look at the fruit of your life. What is my life producing? And realize if I don't like what I've produced in my life up till now, then I have to make changes today. Does that make sense? If there's problems, there's areas, there's issues, and you're aware of them, then make changes. If you love your life and you're like, man, my life is great, then keep doing what you're doing and don't change. Does that make sense? All right. So we're talking about the carnal mind and understanding the flesh versus the spirit and a spiritual warfare. Last week we talked in the 9 o'clock, so I'll sum it up, just basically about the revelation gifts. If the devil can speak to a generation through music, through movies then the Lord can speak to a generation through a still small voice, through dreams and visions. Come on, anybody ever had a dream and you knew it wasn't a dream? I mean, it was the Lord revealing something to you. He can speak to you from a friend that catches the Spirit of God, like we had today of a, of a, of a, of a man, a minister that, that saw by the Spirit of God and spoke out what he saw. The Lord still speaks to every generation. 
he's always speaking. And so it just as the demonic realm tries to get their message out, the kingdom realm gets its message out too. You'll know truth when you hear it because truth when you hear it is the spirit of truth. It's like there's life in it and it's like you can know truth. And even if you don't like it, you have to line up with it. Right? And so you know that. You stir that up. That's revelation. And God gives gifts to the church of that through wisdom, the word of wisdom, which is God's supernatural strategy and plan to move forward. How many people realize that God knows everything to the exact detail and second when things are going to happen? So that if you follow God's plan, you couldn't plan better with a thousand counsels counseling you nonstop. God's plan is the best plan. That's words of wisdom. Whether he gives it to you by a dream. Anybody ever had a dream you knew it was the Lord, but you needed interpretation? That's, the, that's in the Bible. That's Joseph was equipped to interpret people's dreams. God can give you a dream, and when you wake up and your, your heart's pounding, the anointing's in the room, and you know it, you'll remember it. Seek counsel out until you know the plan of God. Because God doesn't speak just to waste your time. And in moments you're driving and the Lord speaks to you, the still small voice of the Lord. Who's ever had the still small voice of the Lord speak to you? Come on, raise your hand. It's like when God can say in three words what you can't preach in an hour and a half. I don't know how he does it, but he's the voice of many waters. He'll say three words and it'll resound and resound and elaborate. And before long, from three words, you wrote seven books. You know what I'm saying? Like you got all these things because God doesn't waste words. And he still speaks to people today. And if you don't hear his voice and you haven't been led and you don't know that prompting, then may it awaken in you a hunger to say, that's what I want in my life. If he speak to anybody, let him speak to me. If, the, if you don't feel you're flowing in that, then you've got to awaken that desire. Because the first thing about the gifts of the spirit is the Bible says, covet earnestly or desire these gifts. If you don't have a desire to hear the voice of the Lord, guess what? He'll never bother you. But if you have that desire, if you're the type of person that is drawing near to God in prayer, in worship, in times, saying, God, here I am. I want to I hear you. I want to know your voice. I want your leading. Then you will tap into a realm that is very real. Come on. And you'll tap into a realm and the Lord will do it in such a beautiful way. You'll hear something. And then the person beside you says the exact same thing. It happens all the time. People talk about unity in the church. We need unity like a prayer walk. That's not unity. I'm sorry. I mean, a bunch of people walking down the street sweating in Florida is not unity, okay? <laughs> the only one that can give unity is the Spirit of God that speaks in every tribe and every tongue straight to the heart of man. And he will unify. And there is a unified church right now that don't even know one another but are doing the exact same thing. Because we got our marching orders from one king, one Lord, one spirit. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. So there's unity. And he speaks knowledge even in the realms of that. I've, I've used this. Over and over again, but a precious woman of God whose husband pastored a church, they pastored together, passed away in his, his early 50s or mid-50s, suddenly unexpected heart attack. She, she didn't really feel equipped to pastor the church. She didn't want to pastor the church. So she prayed and said to the Lord, I don't have enough money. All we've ever done is ministry. I need, I need a breakthrough. What should I do? And the Spirit of God spoke to her to buy stocks. 
Now, how many people realize Congress gets inside information, but you don't usually? Yeah. I went over like a lead balloon. Let me try this side. That, apparently that side still has hope. No, I'm just joking. And so in the, in, the, in the nighttime, she's pressing in. The Lord spoke to her, revealed to her stock to buy. She didn't even know how to buy stocks. She called up a guy. Now, now understand this. When the Lord speaks to you, it still takes faith. She used her faith and said, I believe this is the voice of the Lord because I know nothing about stocks. This wouldn't have come from me. Calls a guy, the stock trader, to help me buy all this stock. This is all the money I have. She sunk everything into it. You know, you better know it's the Lord. She bought all the stock. Well, like a month later, there was all these things going on in the back seat. She didn't know it. He didn't know it. Those stocks went times 10 in two months or one month. I forget what it was. She walked, walked away, cashed out 10 times her money, came and dropped off a check of the church of five figures. Just said, man, I just the Lord has blessed, blessed me beyond measure and was able to retire and put it in a fund just to live off of the interest. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, bless God. Where, why wasn't I asking for that? Number one, amen. If you're giving out stock secrets, let's talk, God. I mean, another guy that the Lord spoke, he can write down, he can write down lottery winning numbers one after another and stick it in a safe. And when the lottery's drawn, there's a winning number. He knows it by the Lord, but the Lord said, if you ever use it, to win the lottery, I'll take the gift from you. So he just puts it in his proof. So, but I'm like, he never said, if you tell Caleb the number and he uses it to get the lottery. You know, there's a, gray, there's a little bit of gray area here open for interpretation. And our God is a God of grace. But I haven't been able to sway him so far. He's got a greater fear of the Lord in that area. But God reveals knowledge to people. Sometimes he reveals knowledge to you in order to unlock that person's heart. You know things about them that only the Lord knows about them because it opens their heart to the realms of the spirit. To where the gospel is preached and they get saved. And then we spoke about the discerning of spirits. Understanding and interpreting what is happening around me. Understanding that, that there, this is not just an agitated mob. That this is demonic. Yeah. Right? Pastor Linda and I, we met at a, at a BLM march. Remember that? <laughs> Here we are. And I tell you, the Lord spoke to me to go to it. Right. And I'm not a supporter of BLM. But I felt the Lord say, go to it. And he said, I'm going to have you speak there. Well, okay. You better give me words to say. <laughs> this is not like on my reg. You know, this is about, about how I'm planning to spend the day. And sure enough, the Lord gave me words. He had her. Same thing. We didn't even know each other, but we spoke afterwards, and the Lord spoke to her. You're going to go to it. I'm going to have you share. And I think he gave you more information than me. He didn't give me as much. She knew what she was going to do. I was still like, God, what am I doing? But we went there, and sure enough, you could feel the agitation of the crowd to where it was like agitated, agitated. And the people that were getting up before us were, were prodding and speaking, really not, not even, it was demonically charged to stir and provoke anger and response and these things and then boom pastor linda gets up she gives a poem my god i would have got saved eight times i repented 33 times i mean all about jesus's love and i'm sitting there like weeping on the steep uh, steps behind her and i marked i was like whoever this woman is i want to meet her she she's real 
and it calmed the whole thing down. Then the next people get up, provoke, 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 and then that's when the Lord has me step up. And then, boom, turn the whole thing around. goes from provoking of anger and shouts to have the whole crowd shouting, we need a move of God in America. we got to bring back the glory of God. Turn the thing around. Because you begin to realize discerning of spirits is you actually see and understand what's operating around you. And when you realize, when you discern something by the Spirit of God that this is demonically charged, the moment you discern it, you have authority over it. That's how it works. I perceive what's happening. That means I have authority to take territory right now. And that's why the Lord puts put you there. Are you with me this morning? And so when you, when you tap into the gifts of the Spirit and you begin to recognize these things, that's how supernatural power is released. And let me tell you, people can mock the church all they want, but I tell you, there is spiritual power in the church of Jesus Christ. And we still influence things today. That's why when the attack came in 2020, the first thing they wanted to do was shut down the church to shut the voice and shut the voice of truth down so that, that hell's agenda could go to pass. But the church didn't buckle, come on, didn't falter. We don't care, we will stand. A president is not our God. We honor the office, we are not, we're not out there breaking the law every day, but we will not yield to demonic lies. We will stand for the kingdom of God, come what may. You stir that up. And in that, there's power in the church. It influences things. That's why when you saw the cities that had the biggest breakout of riots, looting, it was the ones where most of the churches shut down. Because you shut down the church, hell has no check. Because Jesus said it to Paul upon the revelation that I, Jesus, am the Son of God. I will give you the keys of the kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've seen crazy things. I've seen buildings flooded all around and it stopped at the door of a church. Everything around them's flooding, but the church, it won't even drip one drop in the building. Because when God's on your side, he can hold the water back. He can release the waves. He can move in fire. He can do what he wants. When we talk about spiritual warfare, we recognize in the spirit there is more power than in the natural. Amen. Amen. But today we're talking about the gifts of the spirit, the power gifts. Shout power. power. One of the things I'm so glad about that 10-year reunion is that they got a genuine African on there. If it was all a bunch of milky white Americans, that would have been such an insult. But to have a genuine African be like, and the Lord would say unto you. Joshua chapter 2. That's, that, that's like the mark of everything, you. I love the way Africans, Americans are like, God's glory's coming on you. Africans are like, just as the dew drops from the water lily, so is the anointing dropping on you. Americans be like, he's falling right now. Africans will be like, the God of thunder and revelation. Is moving. <laughs> Just love Africans, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we think an hour-long worship service is long in America for worship. Africans, they just they're just getting started at an hour in. They've just got out of their first praise song. 
pouring with sweat. It's 108 degrees in there in suits. You know what I'm saying? Americans be like, I hope he wraps it up because I'm hungry. <laughs> Africans are like, I swear, brother, I will not eat until the glory falls. I mean, far be it from me. I have no taste for natural things. in Panama, keep going. Well, why should I even stop and preach a message? This is it right now. And the Lord. It's preaching, preaching in Panama, this, the, the, not Panama City, <laughs> the country Panama. Panama City's without beyond hope. No, I'm just kidding. It was supernatural how I got there, but the people were on a fast, and they did it every Saturday from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. And we're talking 1,500 people were in the building every Saturday for 12 hours of service, fasting, and they would break the fast together. Maybe we need to start doing that here in Claremont. Who thinks, who thinks we need to get amplified here? Come on, you know what? Just tell them all the food for the new members, just throw it away. about the power gifts. <laughs> First one is the gift of faith. Say gift of faith. Yes. To distinguish it from the measure of faith. There is a gift of God. It is where God lends his faith unto you. Now miracles are where God flows through a person. Healing, God can flow through a person into another person. But faith is where God puts it upon you. So this gift benefits you. That when the gift of faith is upon you, you are literally able to do anything that the Lord lays upon your heart to do. You can do it. How did Peter walk on water? You can't walk on water. People have tried it. I've tried it. I may or may not have also baptized myself at the same time. It was holy. It was holy, all pure, all pure. And so this, I'm just doing the hand thing again. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> but, but when the Lord spoke, when really he bestowed a gift of faith upon Peter is what happened. To where it didn't matter if it was water or air or fire, Peter could walk on it. It didn't matter what the substance or the material was that God beckoned him to come out on. He could walk on it because the Lord bestowed a supernatural gift of faith upon him. When the gift of faith comes upon you, that's the only way I can describe when my daughter was dropped with little Ellie and her head was swelling up, eyes rolled in the back of her head, laying lifeless in my wife's hands at nine months old, that the gift of faith was upon me because I didn't have an increased heart rate. I didn't feel nervous. I wasn't scared. It was just felt normal to walk in there cover the lump on her head and say, it's over with, you're done with, and all is well, and instantly she was healed. 
It, it, it's just, that's a gift of faith. And when that is on you, you, you recognize afterwards when it lives, that was the Lord. If he didn't lend me his faith, I don't know what would have happened. But I know that because he did, his will was done. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of faith. Amen. That that's how you move a mountain. Yes, you, we talk about proverbial mountains, but God can literally move mountains. He has moved mountains. He has made waves stop, water pile up, split so you could walk across a dry land. He's the same God today as he was in the old covenant. And you have a greater covenant with him and a stronger relationship. When the gift of faith is upon a person, they can do the miraculous. That's God's gift. It's available. But like I said, you want it, you lean into it. Say, God, I desire to be a person that you trust. Come on. If you're going to move in this hour, do a work in me that I might be a person you trust enough to lend that to. Right? Burn out whatever needs burn out of me. Don't let me be a person that money can manipulate. Don't let me be a person that the opinions of man dominates. That's like I constantly pray and I ask people, pray that I be bolder because I still, it's like there's a part of you that's like, well, I want people to like me. Because you in here ever wakes up and says, I want to see if I can make eight people hate me today. <laughs> right? What enemies do I have? You know, like what arch enemy do I have? I need an arch enemy. But it's like, I pray that, and I know it because it's in Scripture where they said, when, when attacks came, Lord, give us a greater boldness. Not so we can be angry at the things of the, the enemy or of this world, but so we can have a boldness to stand for what matters. So you stir that, you pray that, live life worthy, and stay surrendered, and then God gives you supernatural power. Then there leads to miracles. Miracles, it says working of miracles, the working of miracles. So the key to seeing miraculous and who had ever, ever seen a miracle before? I mean, raise your hand. Genuine, like a bona fide, undeniable, unexplainable miracle from the Lord. What happens when that when that when you are there is it's hard to even explain what happens. Where did the miracle take place when they fed 15,000 people with a little boy's lunch? When was the miracle actually happening? Was it at the moment they think, did the fish grow to be a well? And they were like, back it up, start cutting. No, it was little fish still. And they just broke it off and broke it off. But the more they broke off, it's like it just never went out. But it never looked like it was more until they collected it and there's more. Where's the miracle? And then if you try and explain it, it just sounds dumb. That's how you know a miracle took place because you're trying your best. But you're like, you don't even know what part to emphasize, right? And then something happened. I don't know what. We didn't die. Amen. That's a miracle. But the key to seeing miracles is the stressing of working of miracles. If you want to see God's miraculous power, you have to be willing to do something. Shout, do something. It's that simple. Every miracle you read in the Bible it was prompted by an action of man. Man did something. We need a miracle to pay off debt. Start pouring the oil and borrow as many lamps as you can borrow. 
We need a miracle to feed the fish. Give me the little boy's lunch. Let's bless it and let's start to distribute it. We need the axe head to float. Give me a stick. Let's throw it in there and watch it float. The water, the, the food is poison. Give me some flour. Let's dust it in there. Your body is racked with leprosy. Go and dip seven times. Everywhere you read a miracle, they just did something. Come on. Faith does something. Faith acts. Faith says, I may look like a fool, but I'm not trying to impress the seen world. I'm living for the unseen world, and his word is true. And I believe it. Think of even the things you see in the prophetic of things people speak. That's weird in the natural. But it's powerful in the spirit. Working of miracles. We need miracle signs and wonders in this generation greater than ever. If there's anything that is on my prayer list stronger than others as I've been praying, God, release upon this generation a mantle of such elaborate, undeniable, miraculous power that the next generation does not grow up talking about the pride movement, the equality movement, how men can give birth, but they grow up talking about seeing blind eyes see and deaf ears hear and limbs going out and body parts growing and the glory of God. That if we can see that and break it, look, you can get your demonic message, but let the church have a message of its own. And let it be for the glory of God. And if you're believing that, I want you to shout amen with me right now. It is the hour of the church to stop playing games. Stop trying to impress someone that says a man can give birth. They can't. You're stupid. We're moving on. If you, that's a miracle. So you're talking about a demonic miracle. If you want to stand for miracles... We're going to stand for miracles. Let your God show up at noon, and my God will show up at noon, and you call, and I call, and we'll see what God answers by fire. One more time. Hallelujah. I feel faith in this place. Jesus. Miracles. When they came and asked Jesus, are you the one? Well, should we wait for another one? Jesus responded saying, go back and tell John the Baptist the things you see and hear that are happening. That blind are seeing, deaf are hearing, and dead are being raised. It's the miraculous power of God that turns a nation around in a day. Father, boy, I feel the faith on this. Lord, we are praying and believing, Lord. Let miraculous power be upon the River Claremont family. Lord, anoint us with the oil of goodness, the oil of gladness, the oil of boldness. May we be bold as a lion in this hour. May those that come in infected be healed. May those that come in broken be put back together. May those that come in plagued in their bodies. May the miraculous power of God be in this house to perform and do supernatural signs and wonders. Oh, Sibrate Mamokota. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you, God. Stir it up a little while longer, church. We're closing now, but stir it up. Father, we thank you for Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.